Deanna and I often talk that navigating technology is the hardest part of parenting. It's crazy hard. Like there are other parts of parenting that are challenging, but navigating technology is really hard. It's really hard. Access. When, what, do you know that... uh, the average Ethiopian tribesman who has a cell phone, and most of them do, has access to more information than Bill Clinton did when he was in the White House? Think about that. Think about that. Right? How we use technology, how we abuse technology, of course I'm talking about others, not myself there. Is a, is a challenge. And, and with our family, which is, as you know, large, one, one of the extra headaches is that all of our technology is intertwined. Like, I don't know, a bunch of cell phones ago, I had one, and, and it, it kind of broke or wasn't working well, and so I got a new one, and I passed that one on to Ethan at the time because he was our oldest. But I didn't do it right. <laughs> And so all of our stuff is intermingled, right? All of our contacts are like the same. And for whatever reason, we're on the Apple ecosystem. And Apple thought that the phone I gave to him was like the main one. And so when he made a change, everything else got changed too. And so we have been for the last months trying to untangle that. And the latest reality of what that means is we just you know, tried to separate it all and well, now Deanna is known as mommy in my contact list, and I can't figure it out. <laughs> oh. but, but the challenge is access. What, what does a technology give you access to? Who has access to it? When? Where? All of those things. It's a, it's a nightmare Be, because it's It's serious. Because with technology, you have access to all kinds of good things and all kinds of really bad things. And figuring it out is hard. Today's focus from John is all about access. Who, how, and where. It's a powerful story. It's a hard story, Jesus and his temple tantrum. Come on, that's pretty good, isn't it? Right? Right? He he has a temple tantrum today, right? He's flipping tables over, right? I mean, that's not the image we often get of Jesus, meek and mild, holding the sheep and petting it, right? Jesus makes a whip and clears the temple. Jesus. This is crazy, right? And I think, right, in in that understanding, and and it's absolutely true that that Jesus is without sin, I think it's important for us to remember then that there are things in this world that it is righteous for us to get fired up about, right? It is good for us to get angry about some things. And in fact, I'd take it a step further and, and say that Jesus did this, and, and if he didn't do this, well, may, maybe that would have been a sin, right? 
that there are things in this world that we, got, we have got to get fired up about. Injustice is something that should fire us up. Access and preventing access is something that we ought to get fired up about. I love the, uh, maybe you've seen the, the picture uh, in the WWJD, what would Jesus do? Remember that flipping some tables is on the table, <laughs> right? Right? I mean, I mean, it's okay to be fired up and angry about some things. I think that's important. But, but what is Jesus angry about? And, and the question becomes, how, how do you become Holy. How do you become holy, right? Each week we gather, we do a confession where we said, hey, Lord, we need your help because we're not holy. We are broken. We are less than we were created to be. How do we become holy, right? And, and holy is a, a church word. It, uh, another word for it uh, of becoming holy is being sanctified. All of those, it, it means how, how do you become right? How do you become good? How do you become full, how do you become what God desires you to be? How are you made holy? And, and in the days of Jesus and, and before, throughout the Old Testament and, and into these days, the, the answer was at the temple through sacrifice. Right? You became holy. You became right with God at the temple through sacrifice. Right? Right? So it was a, a location and a means, right? Before cell phones, before the internet, if you were working on a, a project, if you were working on a, a dissertation or a degree, you did research at the library through the card catalog, right? Through, through the, the catalog of the books and the resources, the articles, Right? You, you, do, you, you do that through learning there. It was in a place, and it was through the things they had to offer there. That that's where you did your work. Right? So for us, in these days, you became holy at the temple through sacrifice. And so we come to today, and Jesus gets frustrated. Because all these people are gathering at the temple to celebrate Passover, one of the primary sacrifices of the day. And the problem was the access was denied, right? The, the temple mount, where the temple was, you had the, the big temple, the, the, the formal temple that had the Holy of Holies in it. It was where all the magic happened, Right? But then on the outside of the temple, you had four rings, four courts that allowed different people to draw near to what God was doing. The innermost ring was the, the court of the priests. That's where I would hang out. Right? They, they would be closest to the action. The next ring out was the temple of, or the court of Israelites. That, that's where, where the, the Jewish men that were ritualistically pure could draw near and they could be pretty close to the action of seeing what God was doing. 
right? The court beyond that was the, the court of women. That was where the women could gather who were ritualistically pure. They could draw near to God. And then on the outside, the outermost ring was the, the court of the Gentiles. That's where pe- people that were Gentiles, that, that weren't Hebrews, they weren't Jewish, they, they could gather to be close to what God was doing, right? Because you had to be at the temple, You had to be close to the sacrifice. And so most believe, and and we have evidence from the other three Gospels, that where the the temple tantrum happened was in the court of the Gentiles. That that it was there that all the money changers and the animals were gathered and the people would come there to to buy and to to, to get their animal for the sacrifice. And, And it meant that Well, everybody that was able to draw close had crowded out those who were restricted in their access, right? You ever show up at a a big event with your ticket in hand, ready to get in, but they didn't have enough ticket scanners at the door, and there was just a bottleneck, and you couldn't get in, and you missed the kickoff, or you missed the opening act because you couldn't get in? That's what was taking place in the court of Gentiles. There was a bottleneck, and people that were ready to go closer were were taking up the space of those who were, well, they, they couldn't get as close. And so Jesus comes into this space, and he gets fired up, and he gets angry. The Scripture tells us that he is zealous. Zeal for the house of the Lord will consume me. He is passionate about people drawing close to God. And so the things, the barriers, the blocks that get in the way of of people drawing close to God, Jesus gets fired up about that and and does his best to widen the narrow road. He wants you to have access to him. Isn't that good news? He wants you to have access. He wants to clear the way so you can draw near. And so he does this with this clear message of expanding the reach of what makes you holy. That's what Jesus, that's what his whole ministry is about. And here at the beginning, right, it's important to remember that that in John, the the temple tantrum happens in chapter 2. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it happens during Holy Week. So at the beginning of his ministry versus in the other three Gospels at the end of his ministry. That's okay. That's not a contradiction. That's a theological point. That John is showing us that all of Jesus' life, all of his ministry is about this process of expanding the reach of God's ability to make you holy. That's why Jesus came, to make you holy, to expand the narrow way, right? That you now have access at the temple, through sacrifice, right? And Jesus clearly in today's gospel is, has a different understanding of what the temple means. 
Right? All the people that were there understood that the temple was this building and that this was the place where God worked and this was the place where God did his thing. And Jesus comes in and says, you got it wrong. It's not about the bricks and mortar. He says, I'm the temple. My body is the temple. All right? My hunch is, if you had a conversation this morning, hey, do you want to go to church this morning, you were thinking about the structure. And you were wrong. (laughs) Because guess what the church is? It's you. It's us. We're the church. The building is where we do our stuff, but you are the church. Jesus similarly says, the temple isn't the building. Jesus says, my body is the temple. And so the narrow way looks different today. It isn't that we all need to go to Jerusalem, to a building, so that God can do his work. No, now the holifying work of God is wherever his body is. It's wherever his body is. Here in a little bit, it's at this table. This is my body given for you. But right now, it's us. We we are the body of Christ. Think about that. The work to make you holy, done at the temple, is done among us now. It's us. We are the agent, not because of us, but because of him, that makes things good. You are where God works. You hear that? You are where God works. Amen? That's terrifying and beautiful. That is scary and profound. Jesus works in you. Through the temple... You are the temple. You are the people of God. And what he does is he clears access so that others can draw near to him through you. That's why we go. That's why we don't hang out here all day. We go into the community to make things different there. Wherever Jesus is, Holiness follows. Rightness follows. But it's through sacrifice, right? It's through sacrifice. And and I love this part. Why were the people in the court of Gentiles selling animals? Have you ever wondered that? They were for the sacrifice. 
But the law of Moses clearly says that you are to bring your own animal with you. Bring one of your own and sacrifice it. Right? The problem was that with Passover, Passover was, was the time when the most people came to Jerusalem. The most people came to the temple. It was the holiest day. It, it was the day when things happened. And so people came from far away to come. It, it, it was a pilgrimage. It was, you, you saved your whole life to be able to make this journey. And, and bringing your animal along was, well, it was extra. It was a lot. Like, I remember the times we went on a trip when we brought our dog with us. It was great, but it was extra. <laughs> right? And so the, the Jewish rabbis of the day who, who made uh, plans and, and set forward things and interpreted laws said, well, you, you don't need to bring your animal with you. We'll, we'll provide animals here when you get here to, to make it easier for you to get here. So bring the money that you have in your currency and, and come here and we'll exchange it so that you can use the right currency because the temple had its own currency and you can exchange the, the money and then you can, you can buy the animal from us on the temple ground knowing that it is stamped approved for sacrifice. USDA grade A beef, right? Right? And in so many ways, this was a, a great accommodation, right? This was a helpful thing. That we'll, we'll make it so that when you come, it's meaningful, but it's easier. I, I am well aware in my life that the easy things are not the best things for me. And that's true in the food I eat. That's true in the faith I live. When we make it easy, we don't make it better. And the same is true in the days of first century Palestine. But the rule was, the law was, it has to be one of your animals. So how do you, how do, you do that? Well, you buy it and it's yours, but that, that, that doesn't seem like that's a transaction. Let's that, that, make it a little bit more. So the, the Jewish rabbis of the day devised this scheme to, to make it a little bit more meaningful. And so when you were standing at the, the, the table, picking out your sacrificial pigeon or your ox or your sheep, the one who would be selling it to you would ask you, do, do you love your sheep? And you'd say, yes. But that wasn't enough. Do, do you love your sheep? Yes. Do you love your sheep? Yes. Because everybody knows if you say you love something three times, it's meaningful. <laughs> right? But that, that, was the, that was the rule. That was the way they did it. They, the, the person selling the animal asked three times, do you love? Do you love? Do you love? And if you said three times, yes, 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 then, then that ownership was passed on to you and it meant something and so it was fit for fulfilling the sacrificial requirements. At the temple, through sacrifice. 
You remember what happens after Jesus' resurrection? And in the aftermath of the verses I read during our confession, where Peter denied Jesus three times, and the rooster crowed, and after the resurrection, Jesus pulls Peter aside, and three times he asks him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Jesus is clearing access to the holy making work of God by saying, my body is the temple and I am the sacrifice. I am the lamb. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Jesus makes a way for you to draw near. He clears wide the access. The path of God is still narrow. It is only Jesus. But there is no longer a bottleneck. He is here for you. He is here for everyone. This is who Jesus is. The place and the way where God makes things holy. Here in a moment, we're going to come to communion. And you're going to go on a pilgrimage. (laughs) Not a far one. From your seat to the middle aisle forward. With your hands out. And you'll hear those words. This is the body of Christ. Given for you. This is the blood of Christ. Shed for you. And I want you to hear something different today. I want you to hear the cry of Jesus that says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, Lord. I do. For he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. In the name of Christ, amen.